previously on the 4400. All right, listen up, everyone. We're DEFCON 1. The comet cannot change course. This one has. But it's not a comet. We're not sure what's just happened. The light is gone, and, and thousands of people have just suddenly appeared. A telekinetic insurance salesman, a clairvoyant eight-year-old, and now some kind of sad sack super vigilante. They can't hurt me. No one can. And those are only the ones we know about. Unless you can think of anyone else. There's nothing to tell. I just want to know what's going on between you two. You're my brother. She's your girlfriend. It's all good. Oh, we're not actually a couple. So it's just you and the baby? No. It'll be the three of us. What the hell did you do to Kyle? I didn't do anything to him. Alrighty everyone, welcome to A Light in the Sky. This is a 4400 recap show where we will be going over the most slept on show that I can think of, the 4400. I am your co-host, Rain Coleman of the Carefree Black Nerd, and I have with me today my dope, wonderful, cool co-host. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Hey, I'm, I'm Robert Jeffrey, writer-creator of Route 3, and... Um, I jack of all trades when it comes to writing. Uh, I got, yeah, just, I, I write a lot. So. <laughs> good deal, good deal. So again, uh, for those who, if someone missed the first two episodes or if they've listened and they're just excited for this third installment, uh, let everyone know that I am a newbie, so to speak, to 4400. I remember it vaguely coming on television way back when, but now getting into it, um, I'm, I'm brand new. Whereas you, Robert, are not like so. Kind of uh, give like a, a quick little rundown about your connection with the forty four hundred. Yeah, it was um, it was one of those shows that I I wasn't I was aware of like you um, as far as commercials because I think it originally aired on USA Network. So it mm-hmm. was only like after maybe a few years um, that I I started picking up the DVDs uh, okay. for for cheap and and just killed them like you know like crazy like i i really i i started i really enjoyed the show so that's kind of how i got into it and this was you know after seeing we we've mentioned this before uh heroes which was it yeah. seemed to be a little bit more popular and came out like a couple of years afterwards but um when i found out that there was another show about you know let's say everyday people with you know abilities and there was a twist on that you know i definitely had to look into it mm-hmm. and i'm glad that i did and it's been one of those like um go-to shows yeah uh, with going back to, you know back and forth to see on on netflix and i think i still have it on dvd <laughs> and i've even picked up a couple of the novels that pick up after the um you know the series was canceled the final season so i'm 
and I've I've always wanted to pitch an idea for writing a like an expanded universe comic yeah. book if you know so that that's my history with 4400 <laughs> okay okay cool because that was going to be my next question when uh, how do you consume 4400 for me it's through netflix because that's <laughs> you know easiest but you did mention you had the dvds and you also mentioned netflix so how do you uh how do you uh do your research <laughs> when preparing for this uh re- recap show right now it's it's mainly you know watching it on netflix and you know i guess i i'm i Probably am a 4400 nerd because I have the the, <laughs> the official companion uh, book for seasons one and two. So, oh. <laughs> uh, and you know it's weird because I, I don't do that with with TV shows. You know I don't you know pick up the behind the scenes uh, books for you know it, and it's weird because I'm a huge Star Trek fan uh-huh. and I don't think I've ever done that. Um, I normally try to pick up like script books, yeah. you know, just to you know, to study those and to you know see how the episodes are written. But um, yeah, but the forty four hundred was like the first that I've I've done that for. You know, to okay, keep, okay. You know, and and it's pretty interesting because they give you a lot of like behind the scenes production information uh, about the book. I mean about the the TV show, and it's um, yeah, it's very enlightening. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That's what's up. Yeah, I'm. It's again. I'm. I'm excited to go down this 4400 journey with you. Um. So with that being said, we're gonna go into episode three. Episode three is the new and improved Carl Morrissey. 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 I think. Well, you got it. Yeah, it's Mor- Morrissey. Morrissey. Okay. I'm. I'm trash when it comes to names. Um. Now in this episode. Uh, Carl Morrissey is a lowly supermarket employee who happens to be one of the 4,400. He uses his newfound powers to become a vigilante. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any initial thoughts on this third episode? Uh, the Okay, so there are a couple of things that kind of stood out to me. This is, you know, the first official time that we hear the theme song. Yeah. Um, which I, you know, I... I, I like it. You know, I'm not like, I don't know what you would classify it as. It's like easy listening or <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but um, I think that song paired with the kind of the visuals of what happened after people were abducted. Like, I think there's like a lit cigarette, which is still burning and in a bathtub, which is overflowing. And, yeah. and, and there's a couple. And then there's like a car where the headlights are just on and nobody's yeah, yeah. in it. So yeah, so it just lets you. So I I thought that was is actually a pretty solid uh, opening uh, for the show. And you know, this is the we mentioned this off air where this is the first episode where we have um, it becomes kind of X file ish mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. they're investigating different cases. And uh, this was kind of a you know powerful one to start off with, and yeah. you know, tra- tragic in a way. Very much so. Um, But those were like a, and I think this is also the first. No, that might be the next episode. But yeah, that's um, and then the idea of what the abilities, what effect the abilities are having on the, the world at large. Yeah. Um, Because they there's a callback to the, um, drunk Orson Bailey, and Mm -hmm. you know we'll we'll probably get get back to that. But basically, just this larger idea of these abilities are having a, a more profound effect than, you know, what we, you know, what we initially thought. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, um, I, I have these, what this reminds me of and 
bear with me listeners or folks who haven't watched the show, but it gives me a very kind of real world House of M vibe, like the end of House of M. Um, with the whole No More Mutants and the ripple effect and like that last page that um, I don't remember verbatim, but I know the narrator was saying something about the dwindling population of mutants and no one's thinking or knows how that would affect the earth as a whole. Like the, the, the natural phenomena of like, no longer having this amount of people. And I hope this doesn't sound like a reach, but it's just that when we get further into these two episodes, there is this idea that um, the actions of the few or maybe all of the 4,400 kind of affect, have a rippling effect that goes out even further than the episodes that we're watching them in, if if, if, if you follow me or if I'm making any sense. Do you... Do you agree or do you think I'm going for a reach there? No, no, you're you're on the right track. I mean, you remember this is I'm trying my best just to I don't want to spoil anything, (laughs) but you're you're going in the right direction. And, you know, this is and I'm what I've been trying to do is look at this as if I would if I were watching this for the first time. Yeah. And what I do remember was, you know, when you start, you know, there's a part during the episode where uh, Tom and Diana go to the, um, I call it the Geek Squad room. Pretty much, <laughs> they call, pretty much. Yeah, they, they call it, and they and you get introduced to Marco, and Marco is the first to, and this is even before they, they start trying to figure out what affect Carl Morrissey's uh, abilities, and we, we can get more into what his abilities are, because it, it would be nice to kind of have like a like a spreadsheet yeah. <laughs> of the different abilities. Yes. But, um, but Carl, the, what Marco, who's the resident geek, uh, or I guess their felicity, you know, yeah. to their air in the air cave or their their oracle. Yeah, I was gonna or, say oracle or yeah. cute or whatever. <laughs> but he he tells them that in the last episode, uh, drunk Orson Bailey. I'm just gonna keep calling him DLB. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he with killing the 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 guy that he did. Um, the, apparently, this guy was going to pull off his his firm insurance. Was it insurance or whatever? I yeah, can't the um, um, like taking tens of thousands of dollars from the uh, yeah 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 for, for the people. So it's going to be and it was going to be some like Enron type of stuff. So yeah. that would have had a so with killing this guy, you know, indirectly he he stopped that from yeah. happening. So. Now there is this idea of like every forty four hundred that they come across that has abilities. Um, what if you know what effect, if any, will they have? You mm-hmm. know, so that yeah, you no, know, you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, good, good, because that yeah, it's I, you know, to take a quick aside, when I watched this show for some reason, and I'll kind of explain as I, after I say it, but I feel like this show translated to comic book form would be like a valiant universe um type of story and i say that not having a a lot of experience with valiant but i'm um i've gotten the first run of uh ninjack i'm reading harbinger wars 2 i'm familiar with faith i know who uh exo man award like i'm i am uh, how do I say it? I'm familiar with some of Valiant Universe, but not with a lot of the lore. But this seems like a Valiant kind of spin on an X-Men mutant 
whatever from Marvel, like doing it in a way that makes sense to mm-hmm. the real world, but still having those sci-fi elements to it. And I, I really, really enjoyed that, especially the darker kind of grittier episodes. Like, Oh man. Okay. So <laughs> tangent done. <laughs> well, that's, a, I mean, even I, that's a perfect example, Valiant or Lion Forge. Okay. Yeah. Like, yes, are, yeah. Yes. Because like even also Lion Forge is very, you know, they're, Catalyst Prime is is steeped in sci-fi, you know, and that because with the, you know, with these people getting their abilities from like an asteroid that is crashing Earth, so that, Mm -hmm. you know, that um, and you know, no shade to Marvel or DC, but Mm -hmm. these are Valiant and I think Lion Forge really do pride themselves and you know, on being those, I guess those universes where you have these real world like you know stories being told Mm -hmm. closest to reality like i I think there was a valiant sale on comicsology a few months ago Mm -hmm. and each of the books and this was some of their stuff from like a few years ago so i i I picked up the first harbinger wars and and faith excuse me and so i'm i'm definitely you know understanding where you're coming from okay Uh, so yeah so yeah but that between that and line forge and you know as far as for the listeners if you want to pick up comics, which are more representative of mm. what's happening in like the 4400, those are the ones you want to pick up. And yeah. and also watching something like Chronicle, you know. Okay, I've never seen uh, Chronicles. Oh my God! No, the <laughs> Michael, oh my, with Michael uh, B. Jordan. Yeah, I've never, I've never oh, seen. Oh, yeah, I'm putting it on the list now. <laughs> yeah, like I, like a few months, like a few years back when I was uh, blogging for this website called the Tessera Guild, mm-hmm. I did a list of the top TV or movie uh, movies that focus on real people with super abilities, like everyday yeah. people with super abilities. Yeah, and. Chronicle was on that list, but yeah, definitely catch Chronicle, and you'll you'll catch this type of vibe in okay, that. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah I def- I, I've added that to my list. Do I ever growing list of comics and and movies and TV that I need to consume? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, but this and is Chronicle around the same time period, about the like early mid two thousands. No, Chronicle is later. Chronicle is probably like. You know, after the 2010s, I can, while we're talking, I can look up the date. Okay, okay, yeah, and yeah. okay. And I and this is something that I do a lot. And if you uh, like, are follow me on Facebook or Instagram. What what I do is, and I don't do it that often, but in my everyday life, I do. I'll take a property and I'll find a way to make it work with another property. Um, mm-hmm. I did a kind of movie review or live watch of. Um, Alter Carbon, and yeah. also of uh, What Happened to Monday, both are on yeah. Netflix. Alter Carbon, for those of you who don't know, is a series, a sci-fi series, whereas What Happened to Monday is a movie in the same genre. And I found a way to kind of see um, What Happened to Monday as the prequel to Alter Carbon. And so, <laughs> what you mentioned in Chronicle, I'm thinking like, okay, is um, will Chronicle be like the prequel or the, the very... Uh, far future of the citizens or the inhabitants of the 4400 universe like i'm already thinking when i watch this how can i tie these two together <laughs> like some sort of uh sci-fi mashup but yeah 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 it's um it came out in 2012 okay oh shit. that's kind of recent okay 2012 
Wonder. Okay, yeah. I'm make sure I put that on my list. Man, so um, so yeah, so we we get into uh, Carl's life, and that's one thing I really love about this show. Though I could pretty much predict what was going to happen as far as how the show is laid out, like a kind of hero or villain or story of the week. Just the fact that we're able to focus on Carl for this episode and that be enough was like it. I'm like, you've tapped into a gold mine because we've mentioned Heroes yeah. before and how that was, you know, a good, more popular show, but it, you know, it's still an okay show. But I watched Heroes the first season, so I'm more familiar with Heroes, but watching this, I'm thinking there's so much more that could have been done with this series because Heroes kind of went left and not in a terrible way, but just in a way that this show seems to be doing like. <sighs> It should be more popular, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's um, <laughs> it's it's the uh, it's the super powered um, uh, Jackson brother that never was released out of the attic or whatever. <laughs> like it just it's it's you know it's like the unfortunate way you say redheaded stepchild or whatever yeah, yeah. um and and i don't know if he just got lost in the mix but that's one of the things like you know talking about carl morrissey like he's you know so he's a 4400 who was brought back um and i think his abduction took place in not not too long before um yeah, no. the, the most recent one i think his, he was like 2003 yeah and and the last abduction took place like in 2004, so it's only been like maybe a couple of years or, mm-hmm. or like a year if that. Right. And you see him like he's just a regular guy, you know, working in a fish market. He's very nice, very amicable, and and he's just a cool dude. The yeah. the only thing that was weird to me though was between him Don't. and his his uh, wife was like the accent so i was just like wait are they in new york or they like seattle like it was it was it was weird because like i i know what they were going for like this whole like you know this is the block you know the block where we live and all that he's like he's like use and hey and you know just like yeah yeah but he's he's a cool dude and i i like the the fact that the show doesn't just show these they they dig a little bit deeper you know Mm -hmm. into the into the motivations yeah, and and to your your comment about New York, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but he's uh, Miranda's husband from Sex in the City, and I was oh, trying to figure out why the hell do I know? But he, of course, is older in this show versus you know being the '90s, late '90s, early 2000s of the Sex in the City. So I was trying to figure out where I knew him from. Then it hit me, but um, and it's just like he carried over same accent, same mannerisms, all of that. But, uh, but yeah, to your point, he's a very, I don't want to say dopey, because that's not what I'm, he's a very, would it be every man, or would it be like a regular he's, Joe Schmo, or like? I mean, both. I mean, you, that's the thing. Like, I think he's, I think he's supposed to be both. Okay. You know, he's, um, and he's just a nice dude. You know, he's, yeah. he's a nice guy who wants to. To a fault. Who wants to, yeah, yeah, who wants to do better, you know, who, who wants to do better for you know his neighborhood, uh, yeah. which is you know definitely, you know maybe a, like a, a trope of sorts. You know you got the <laughs> the guy, you know the hero who, you know the regular guy who wants to clean up his neighborhood and yeah. you know, try you know tries to go about doing that, but within the context of 
the larger story that they're telling in you know with the 4400 mm-hmm. I, I think that you know this is a nice episode to kind of start off on with you know showing the uh you know each of these members and and, and when you with the subsequent seasons or the, like the later seasons yeah they they keep the same formula and it just works because you okay. you remember you said in the first episode you know them having 4400 people to choose or stories to tell yeah uh, that's where the fun comes in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it it, it, and it and it comes in where um i would imagine like if you got a property at you know whatever comic book company you know like you've read the story or just any i guess property at all where you've read and consumed the works that came before and now you're able to take what you've read and now you can take the story in a different direction but you're already like you have this uh maybe like lines to kind of color in and out of but it's already uh, you just have this wealth of uh, possibilities <laughs> 4400 people we won't get through 4400 people in seven se- what what is it seven five or seven seasons oh no it's four four oh so what well, in four seasons you you yeah. haven't even scratched the surface not even mentioning the 4400 who may have made it in the mm-hmm. between time so this is oh, man Carl Morrissey is, I agree, this was a very good episode to begin with after the whole um, kind of introduction of the show itself. This, man, I I guess I want to speak to his um, abilities and how they're classified. And I I keep defaulting to X-Men, so (laughs) just get ready for it, everyone, because that's my point of reference from childhood. But there you'll get... This is so-and-so, and Cerebro says she does this, that, and the third, and I can sense that this is what's going on. With this, it was more natural. It was, he had these enhanced senses and reflexes. Well, maybe not senses, but reflexes. Mm-hmm. But it was never Carl Morrissey. He's classified as an Omega Level 4400, and this is such a, like, it was, like, they they trusted us to know enough to understand what was going on or to at least kind of piece it out throughout the show. Right, like he, it's okay. So we can start. You know how like there's a Marvel handbook. We we yeah. can start the we can start the forty four hundred stand handbook. Yes. And um, I mean, if we wanted to get really geeky with it, we yeah. can start like doing the bios and everything or whatever. Thing was, <laughs> I'll I leave it at just like we'll just refer to it as the forty four hand the forty four hundred handbook. Okay. But um, <laughs> his ability was like i don't want to just simply say he could kick ass yeah. but it was but like you said it's in it, more than likely it was he has this these heightened reflexes that and it, to be honest with you they probably just like made him into like the ultimate you know uh killing or fighting machine yeah you know whoever it was um so that's so this is definitely you know, a case where we don't get a more in-depth, in-depth uh, explanation, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm fine with that because, like, the yeah. first scene, you know, essentially what happens is he wants to um, clean up the park, his neighborhood park, where he yeah. proposed to his wife at, and mm-hmm. there's a nice little moment where he looks at the bench, at, which is covered in like graffiti. Yeah. And he, you know, he thinks back to when he, I think her name is Grace, where he, you know, yeah. proposed to her. And then he sees guys, you know, doing, you know, spraying graffiti on like a statue. And the guy is like, you know, what's my business? And, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I'm a tough guy. And then 
he rushes after him and you know obviously a stunt double <laughs> right cut him. yeah yes this guy is like killing it like he's just kicking so much like so much ass like and then and there are two other guys there it's like three of them and all i would say like if i was a third guy and i saw him like yeah you know popping backflips and breaking arms and shit i would have yeah. been like whoa let, let me let me leave yeah, and immediately immediately so yeah that's that's kind of how his abilities are shown for the first time but um yeah 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 and 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 kudos to the show because they this story being told you know they did a good job but also knowing the limitations of the actor having these fight scenes cloaked in darkness with this stunt devil made it more believable that 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 was carl doing all these fantastic feat so kudos to them for that because they have plenty of yeah yeah (laughs) it was weird because like this kind of starts something and i i don't i'm pretty sure they kind of get out get away from this i don't know if they were allowed to shoot at nighttime or not because they do this weird filter thing where it's obvious that they were filming at in daytime Mm -hmm. like it's Especially during that scene, and then there, and so it, they, they make it appear like maybe it's like dusk, or that it's dark. Um, and I don't know why it's I don't know why they do that. Um, and it and it happens in the next episode too. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, but but yeah, like you said, just to show that, you know, to hide the stun double's face, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, because it cuts away, and you know, and and I made a mistake. He was actually getting mugged uh, by people who were um, I don't yeah. know if they were doing but yeah he was getting mugged and he's like seriously and you know that's when he kicks their butts so uh, and the the muggers i you know i went straight into you know black angry black man mode i'm like why why you have to be mugged by this black man with this damn generic ass accent but i'm like you know look at the time that this was made like it, it they had a, a white guy or a or a latino guy so it was i guess spread out but i was like man why you have to be this big black man uh, just it, i call it the walker texas ranger uh gang uh right. where it's like the the most diverse right gang. right yeah. ever ever i was like and, what, and then i'm like where do y'all live like this was this supposed to be new york because whatever neighborhood in seattle this is it looks very suburban or at the very least it looks like a neighborhood it doesn't look like like it's a nice, beautiful neighborhood, but right in the park, in the center, this dark space is where all the crime happens. It was such a odd thing for me to kind of get into. Well, it's kind of one of those weird things where because they're filming in Vancouver, yeah, and so I'm looking, I'm looking around when he's walking the streets, and he's like, "Grace, this used to be a nice neighborhood, right?" Um, <laughs> that type of shit, and, I, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, "Y'all did your best to dirty up this neighborhood." I'm yeah. like, "Look at that, you, you got a hybrid." <laughs> <laughs> coming down the street yeah and then and then they turn the corner and it's just like and you could tell that on the set they had like pas like tossing around fake uh trash yeah. and uh yeah feeding everything up and i was just like okay I, I i get it yeah but um and 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 my and the other thing i was thinking about was um like damn that that neighborhood went to shit within the year that he was gone <laughs> right it, because he before he wasn't he, you know he said this like this is like oh man this is what it's like when i get back and so before everything was good i guess yeah but you know i guess all it takes is a year for yeah. just like 
What a difference fall. a year makes. I mean, yeah. Joker said it all it takes is one bad day or something. <laughs> one bad year, apparently, because this, yeah, I was, it looks like a, it looks like my grandparents' neighborhood, honestly. And I was <laughs> like, ooh, this is not the like, hood. Like, this is Vancouver. <laughs> right, like, right. Y'all, y'all, it's like, it's not. In Seattle, I mean, and definitely there are, every, every place has its hood or like the rough spots, but yeah. I just I don't know they there was a lot of effort into making that place look shitty. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah I I don't know there was um, the other I, I don't know did you want to kind of touch on other parts of the episode or yeah yeah of, yeah go yeah yeah go ahead um, yeah you, you take it away. <laughs> yeah I just um, the only thing um, what was the other thing um, Maya was still in quarantine and. Yeah. Um, still creeping <laughs> the people what out. Is, oh, yeah. She's doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was funny because, um, you know, I, the other note that I had is that, like, at least now she's wearing time-appropriate clothes because, yeah. like, in the first couple episodes, it was, like, even though they gave her new clothes, they were still dressing her as if she was, like, in the 1940s. Yeah. Which is, like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just, I kind of felt bad because, um... You know she she's living in you know essentially where like a jail or whatever pretty much nobody yeah. yeah nobody wants to take care of her and you know I'm I'm I still keep her as like a caller like creepy ass uh, Maya but <laughs> I I think she's kind of learning how to kind of temper that or yeah. whatever but um and she and you see her kind of forming a relationship or a bond with uh Diana yeah um, which was which was nice so mm-hmm. um i think the only other thing after that oh okay so this is where things continue to get weird so richard yeah. and lily okay. their apartment hunting and you know the other thing that I'm, I'm liking is that their relationship is still building building yeah. up mm-hmm. um and he's just like so damn old-fashioned it wasn't it's like he you know the first couple episodes he's you know dealing with the whole issue of like you know uh a mixed couple you know just yeah. kind of being uh, but then also it's just I think there's a part in this episode where it's like public displays of affection. He's yeah. just like we we didn't kiss like that. We I mean we we went to the um, to the lake to the lake, <laughs> to the lake in the car. Yeah. Um, but you could see that their relationship is growing. Uh, but the weird thing that happens and you know foreshadowing is that they're looking at this apartment and Richard and Lily are like, hey, we like it. This is pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, Lily starts looking like, I, I call it like predator vision. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. <clears throat> but it's like baby vision. And she she, she gets sick, and they have she's like, I want to leave the apartment. And then she tells Richard later on that she thinks the baby didn't like that place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like, what did what did you take from that? Yeah, it it was it was odd to me. Um, once I found out she was pregnant, at first I was just like, "Is it your husband's? Is it Richard's? Is it an alien baby?" Like, I'm trying to figure out what is this. If everyone else has these abilities, or other people rather, not everyone has these abilities. Clearly, your baby is the one with abilities. It gave me a very <laughs> Twilight esque like feel. Um, I do actually like it though, because though they are the interracial couple, the time displaced couple, and they're getting to know each other, I enjoy their story, but I feel like you can't rely just on, 
I'm a black man from the 50s and this shit just don't seem right. Like it's having that baby element in there and having the baby have some kind of uh, unforeseen like psychic or, or supernatural kind of ability or at least link with its mother. I really, their story for me, again, going back to comics, I feel like just their story could be like a full couple, you know, three or four different trays in themselves. The yep. fact that you're dating this grandchild of your original lover who could have been your granddaughter if things had have worked out right, but then there's not an ancestral thing. It's just this whole weird timeline of events that also is punctuated by this, like, ghost baby. I love their story because <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Like, yeah. I love it. It's it. It's like you could go comedy, you could go wacky, you could go serious, you could go so many different ways, and I like I like them. I really do. I would love to see the Ghost Baby uh, sitcom, um, <laughs> especially put together, especially when what goes down goes down. Um, it's yeah, it gets it gets very not complicated in a bad way, but you know, think you know, the shit hits the fan. Um, yeah. So there's um, so yeah, we see Tom uh, and his ex-wife who's still being an asshole yeah um go to the hospital because the doctor um calls him in and you remember like last week um or the last episode yeah. um sean goes to see kyle and uses his ability who he still and there's another scene in here where you know that tom comes and interrogates him but basically the doctor says there was a a I'm trying to think. Spike. A spike in activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A brain activity Mm -hmm. uh, at the very night that Sean was there. So then, you know, Uncle, he says, Uncle Tommy. So at this point, (laughs) Sean is just like, he's outright lying. Yeah. And so he's kind of being a little bit of an ass. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so they, so now Tom, you know, Tom is like trying to, he's like, there might be something there. So, um, and I, you know, I like I said, I, I, I don't know if he's just being a typical teenager, but I, I, you know, he just doesn't tell his uncle about what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I, fuck Sean. I just, I just, I mean, I yeah. get it because it's new. Um, you have these abilities. You're trying to figure them out. Uh, but and then I also, uh, like, I get the fear, but at the same time, for me, if it was my cousin. And maybe that's just the culture that we're in because if me and I, 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 I need to blame it on my blackness, but if one of my cousins was in a coma or had sickle cell or anything and I could heal you, first thing I'm doing is running to call your mama while I'm running to the hospital to lay hands on you. Because, like, there's no, like, I, I feel like I would, I don't know. I just feel yeah. like I would celebrate it more. But Sean is like, ugh, he's tortured. Yeah. I, I'll say that. He's trying to yeah. figure it out. Well, I mean, it's the whole thing of, like, dealing with, like, a thirsty-ass um, girlfriend of his uh, brother. And then his brother is just, like, every other part in this episode. He's asking him either about, like, what'd you do to that guy? Or, you know, why yeah. are you, you know, it's just all this stuff. And um, he, it just, he's, whatever. So, yeah, like you said, he's he's dealing with a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. And it's, and it's funny because I, I, I call him Danny the Hater. He is. Um, and it's just, so that, you know, that's kind of what's going on with him. So that might be a reason as to why he just doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah. But 
I think what happens, like, especially in the next episode is that, you know, this is where you start getting, like, the vibes of, like, X-Men, where <laughs> they're, they're starting to, the when the public starts to hear more about the Orson Baileys or the Carl Morrisseys, they start yeah. getting scared, because it's, you know, rumors start to pretty much go around, you know, yeah. that they're you know, public enemy number one. So maybe Sean is kind of, especially because you remember they showed him that website yeah. with Orson Bailey. So yeah, about yeah. like the, you know, the conspiracy theories and, you know, people who are scared of them. So that, that might be why. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that. I'll take, I'll take that back. Cause you know, now that we're talking about it, I'm, I'm also remembering the first interaction he had with Tommy, which mm-hmm. was like, what the hell did you do with my son? So I, I, I take that fuck you to Sean back. And I, Deliver it to fuck Danny, and we'll get to that. But I, I tell, I retract my fuck you, Sean. <laughs> right, right. Um, so they, um, the only, so then Carl, so you know, Carl goes back out to repaint the the bench where he yeah. proposed to his wife, and um, I think he he falls asleep, and that's just yeah. kind of another example of him. You know, trying to do something, you know, for the neighborhood or for the and starting with the park, and then he like this is this is the worst. <laughs> my, my notes here are the worst park ever. He breaks up an attempted rape. What? On a slide. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, <laughs> no. No. Like. No. You go ahead. Like I said, I just like this is this is the worst. <laughs> like this is the fucking worst. It is. It is. And it's just, yeah, it's like three guys, once again, three different guys, or, two, yeah, three different guys because he, he beats up all three. Yeah. Um, and this, and they're about to rape this woman, and then he's just like, you know, get off of her. And in this case, I guess maybe they just didn't pay the stunt double this time around because they his action is off screen. Yeah. It's from the perspective of her looking, you know, and being shocked by what's happening, and yeah. then you, you can kind of hear what's happening. So, I, I you know, that's... Yeah, it was crazy, but what were you about to say? It was so weird. And again, my mind went to why is this big black man standing over this pale white woman who's helpless and being held down by this racially ambiguous guy and then this Hispanic? It was just such a, I had a like a, a visceral reaction to the initial image. But mm-hmm. then once I got back into the scene, it was like, what the hell is going This park is in the middle of a neighborhood. What are y'all doing? It was so odd. Like, yeah. what? Like, it, it yeah. just, you know, and I was just, this might have been, because I guess they had to establish within, because now he, people are starting to talk yeah. um, about the, um, you know, and and he starts popping up on the, this story starts to pop up on, you know, Intech, what the, the, I guess the group that um, Diana and Tom are a part of yeah. that. You know, there's a possible 4400, you know, who's turned vigilante. And yeah. uh, even before that, this <laughs> one of the most like disrespectful parts of the episode where Maya's like left alone by the doctors <laughs> who went out on like lunch break. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, you know, um, and that's when she tells Diana that she she wants to live with her, yeah. um, which I, I, I like because there there's kind of a really strong sense of, you know, say what you want to say about how Uncle Tommy acts with Sean or his brother, you know, they're, I like the, the feeling of like family Mm -hmm. when it comes to the show Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a, you know, 
you know, that's going to definitely be an odd couple when Maya, you know, moves in with Diana because Diana don't know the fuck to do with kids. Like, she, <laughs> yeah. like she, she says something to the effect of, like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know, that'd be a good idea. I can barely take care of myself. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but because Maya kind of sees her is, you know, she trusts her. She likes her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, and it's, and it's, and it's sweet. Um, but so when Maya, when Diana and Tom go, they go to interview the, the rape survivor, um, who my wife pointed out is wearing a Jim and the holograms t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the, at like the place where she works, she talks, she basically describes, you know, Carl in action. Like yeah. she's like, it's some like unnatural shit, but he he saved my life and and I don't think she caught, she could see his face so that's the thing like nobody can really tell who he mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. Um, but she mentions that she he smells like he gives she gives a general description and he smells like day old fish yeah. which gives the clue that you know he works at the fishery mm-hmm. or the fish store and um, so that um, yeah yeah it's um, and <laughs> so then uh, the other thing that I had after that is that Lily is now start stalking her daughter yeah uh, in like non-conspicuous fashion broad <laughs> like, daylight like <laughs> oh god yeah yeah because that goes back to the episode of her guy being an ass um and um it just um so she gets arrested <laughs> she gets Thank arrested and, oh god yeah, yeah. that uh, what were you about to say? I just, I have so many. Lily, okay, this is why I like them together because Lily by herself pisses me off. What are you doing? Like, oh God. Okay, so anywho, she gets arrested. And of course, again, I'm angry because though we're panning through the, the jail or prison or whatever, we see this little black boy getting his mugshot taken. And then we pan over to poor innocent Lily, who did commit a crime. Um, on the, well, did he have a restraint? Did he get a restraining order against her, or um, am I, I don't know because like he, I don't. I think he wasn't that in the previous episode that he he got the restraining. See, that's what it was. He she went to jail because he got the restraining order. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, not just yeah. because she was being creepy as fuck. Right. Um, right. She <laughs> she um. And then that's when, you know, Richard goes and asks if, you know, he can not press charges or I don't know. He gets she gets released from jail. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> because and I and I actually like Richard for doing that because I, you know, he was just like, yeah, hey, calm the fuck down. Like he, she wasn't about to jump through the window. And you know, she wasn't like, yeah. like she uh, just wants to see her daughter. Like, even though it was like some stupid shit to do, was? like you, yeah. you what you feel sorry for her. Um so Richard, you know, goes and talks to the, her ex, and so he gets her out of jail. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, I won't, I won't stalk people anymore." I'm like, "Hey, that's a thank you for promising that." Yeah, uh, it's just old. weird. Um, yeah, Ugh, Brian is trash. I'll say that. Yeah, Brian I, is on some bullshit. There's nothing like, that that you can do to redeem yourself to me, even if you allow um, Lily to see Hannah. No, what's her name? Uh, daughter, daughter, yeah. her mind, yeah, her, her Hermione, <laughs> right. Hermione. Even if you give her the option to see her, I'm still done with you because this could have been handled so yeah. different. You, I mean, she could have been yeah. an old friend from college. You could have just marketed her that way to your child, so she could still be in her life. Like, how are you that? 
I get being protective, but at the same time, this is her biological mother. Like, ugh, I hate it's, him. I it's hate a little him. bit over the top. I mean, he he doesn't make too many appearances uh, later on. Um, because once they once the second season hits, like things start ramping up in such a way that you know all these side characters that might have popped up, they they're pushed aside. Okay. Um, you know, so that so he's you know he hopefully he got work you know yeah. after well, you know but um yeah he play he plays an asshole well um and the and the only little tidbit was Tom and his boss Dennis Ryland are at the bar and he apparently Tom stood his ex up and he um did he da, 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 possibly had a chance to get back right. with yeah. That's with her like. and and that's when Dennis tells him, you know, just sign the divorce papers. And then Tom's like, "You're talking to my wife." And then Dennis is like, "I've been a part of you guys' life since you know you, you got married, mm-hmm. yeah, twenty years." And you know, we still he she he's like, "We still talk." And then Dennis is like, "I ain't trying to f- you know fuck her." Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, "Calm down," but you know, best advice is, you know, you need to let it go. Um, and so then, you know, Thomas, you know, he he, he kind of thinks about it. But, um, yeah, so this leads us to, like, the the depressing-ass climax of the episode. <laughs> um, Carl is, you know, giving a speech to Grace, his wife, about, you know, I, I got these abilities and I can clean up the neighborhood and use and I'm going to do it for the Knicks. You know, and... For the Knicks! And, you know, I don't know, like right, you know, right, Tony Island, you know that type of shit, and and Grace is, you know, being sensible, and you know, Carl wants to go patrol the neighborhood like fucking Batman, yeah, and um, so by that time, and it was actually a really cool scene where Tom and Diana were able to, and it and it shows like Diana being the you know the resident brain of yeah. the other, like how she's able to narrow it down to. To him, and then yeah. they they get to Grace just as I think Carl probably left like maybe some time ago, yeah. and it's the same night, and they're telling her like please let us know where he is, and you know he won't have to um, go to jail, you know just all this stuff, yeah, um, yeah. and so they when they get to the park, and that was the thing, so they show Carl go to the park, and he sees some you know people graffiti doing the graffiti on the statue. This a weird work. way, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they cut away, and I think it's to the conversation then uh, between Diana, Tom, and Grace, and then they get to the park, and you see Carl like sitting on a bench, and he's like bleeding out, yeah, um, because he 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 says he didn't see the knife, you know, he didn't yeah. see the so. Obviously, he he's not indestructible. I mean, yeah. he can kick ass, but you know, what's this? I don't know if there's a saying about this, but you're always going to come across somebody who, who's bigger and better yes. than. You. Yes. And uh, and apparently, in this multi-ethnic gang, <laughs> there was that person. <laughs> you know, and uh, it is sad because like Grace is crying, and you know, then Carl dies, and they they call the medics. Um, I don't know. So, what were your what were your thoughts about the untimely demise of Carl Morris? I, I loved it. It was a great like punctuation on uh, like a great period. Like, because I didn't expect them to be dead. I expected them to catch him and th- and he go crazy and like almost kill Tom and Diana. But 
seeing him sitting there in the park bleeding to death, it felt very heavy. Like, yeah. if this had been a more serious, not that it's not a serious show, if it had been a, a more um, kind of involved story over a couple different episodes, I could very well see the, the stress that he's in. I've been gone for this time. I come back, the one place that yeah. I have for me and my wife is Hell's Kitchen. I mean, is this park, and it is destroyed. And now he's doing everything in his power to kind of almost regain that last couple years that he lost. And even speaking to him being so kind of consumed with his own abilities that you're not looking at what could be your flaws. Like you're not, you don't have bulletproof skin, but you don't know that because you're just focused on how fast you can move and how you, so I, I really liked the ending and it was sad, but it felt so appropriate. It felt it felt like, okay, y'all did it. And it was a good, I felt satisfied, I'll say that. Like, if we never hear from Carl ever again, that was a solid story. And I feel yeah. good about that story. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good one shot. I mean, one of the things that I like, you know, it because, and it's funny because um, it, Heroes was good at, like, literally, you know, that people say just straight pulling from different like storylines like Watchmen and, <laughs> yes. um, and then also X Men, but you know, and, and and this pulls from X Men. But see, this does. Um, I I feel like I said this is a one and done, um, like you know, a one shot issue uh, mm-hmm. featuring like a character like you know you get, well maybe twenty pages yeah. uh, where you just you know the, um, the setup, the conflict, the resolution. You yeah. know, for this this one character within this larger world, yeah. and that's why I always thought that this universe lends itself to being adapted. You know, they did it with the prose novels, and I think comics would definitely be yes. another really strong front to do that because it gives you an opportunity to to tell all the, all of these different stories for mm-hmm. for these characters um, within the the larger framework of you know the what um what eventually you know this what eventually is is told as far as the why these people were brought back yeah. but i i just i felt that shit that would be paid work for me you know, right right write, right you know just like write a few stories but i thought that this was a good one and done uh-huh. um his character because like and the you know we and it ties in they i don't know if it's now but it brings up this whole idea of you know the ripple effect like yeah. what effect will this have and they they get into that more in the next episode but at the the morning after you see at the crime scene you see all these people who were and and the lady who you know was he he saved they come to clean up the park yeah you know so that's that's kind of the the source of like hey this is you know the the something may change mm-hmm. um and so that that's so I, I thought it was I thought it was good and you know even with us kind of talking about the um the, you know the the weird New York accents I thought the guy did a good job yeah um, in the role um, the only two bit major things that happen after this is that Diana uh, goes to adopt Maya uh, who was already packed so she's still being creepy uh, <laughs> the, um, and then Tom. Has he, he? I guess he got a call and he goes to the hospital and apparently there's fluid 
uh, building in Kyle's brain and, you know, they're, they're doing surgery, but there's a chance that he may have permanent brain damage. And, and that, and that's how the, that's how the episode ends on the, on the cliffhanger, just like a comic book. But yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Again, watching this, I felt like I'm looking at panels of a comic book and it's, oh God, again, there's so many different stories you could tell. And, um, one thing I, I do like is that Carl's story is like you said a one shot is one and done but the effects of Carl's story still rings out throughout the rest that well at least this next episode and I really like that idea that like Stanley says every comic is someone's first comic you can read this episode three and just be a good story and you can read this episode four and not know anything about episode three but they give you enough in the explanation that it it's just a damn good story <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming the stand of this show for real this uh oh, shit. i told you like it's it is it, you know even going back through it again it's um it's it's a solid like i said it's a solid show yeah absolutely um, oh god uh, okay what for episode three do you have a, a uh, your favorite? Who's your, your favorite of episode three? Uh, you know, it'll it'll probably be Carl Morrissey. <laughs> uh, yeah, because there's not really anybody else in the main cast that's kind of standing out. Um, I can tell you that it's going to switch, you know, uh, and it won't be somebody from that was introduced in the first two episodes okay. uh, for the next episode. So it's like all these new characters that they're introducing, I'm, I'm becoming like really big fans of. But yeah, he, I, I liked, you know, the, the, you know, the whole thing of, and he wasn't in a costume. Like the dude went yeah. out in like khakis and like some jeans and right, a shirt. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was just kicking ass. Like, uh, and that's the the other thing I like about this is, you know, there's, I, I love the, the comic bookiness of, yeah. you know, shows like Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, or even, you know, or the MCU movies, you know, where everybody's costumed up to go kick butt, but like, you know, yeah. this guy didn't need to do that. And he just wanted to do the best that he could. Yeah. You know? Kudos to him. <laughs> um, yeah, for, uh, I was actually, more, go ahead now. No, I was going to say the. I think the actor's name is um, David uh, Eichenberg. Okay. Eichenberg, yeah. Yeah, I just I, every time I see him on screen, I think of Sex in the City, which is uh, I don't know. But <laughs> uh, for me, I was actually torn between Carl and Richard, and Richard because I do like, though I like Mahershala Ali. That aside, I like this idea that this black man from the fifties exists now, and kind of learning the world again um and i like that there's this kind of taboo of being in this interracial relationship from the 50s and he still has that same mindset here in the 2000s where we've progressed a bit more so it's not a taboo thing so i really like i'm just in love with richard and lily mainly richard but their story I, I I had to go with Richard as opposed to Carl. Like Carl was good, but it, at times he was annoying me. But I was like, okay, I, I I get what they're doing. But I yeah, Richard has to be my favorite because yeah, and he's and then and, you know in the next episode, I was like, shit, he got about it. You know, they were bringing yeah. up race and stuff, but we'll we'll get into that. He he was like, <laughs> I'm a black man, and they don't give me yes, a job. Yes, yes, 
yes. Oh, it's like man. The, they bring me in to write this uh yeah. <laughs> this part of the episode. Oh man, yeah, they hypnotized your major right Yeah, like we need yeah. we need your perspective. I was like done. Yeah, uh, very good. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Um do you have a least favorite of uh of episode three? Um <laughs> you know, uh it's a toss up between um Danny and um Whoever, whatever his girlfriend's name Nikki. is, Nikki, 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 yeah, they're um, the pair of them. Just like you know, we like Lily and Richard together. Danny, yeah. and Nikki could go walk off a bridge together, and I and they're and the thing is, is like their shit is so unnecessary to the story, yeah. to Sean's story. Like Sean, actually, Sean, Sean becomes a favorite overall in okay. the series. Okay, like because he. It's cool, and that's one of the things I like about this is that you see the growth with him and other characters. There are other characters that you know they don't stay stay static. There's there's a lot of shit that they go through. But Sean is, and damn, Sean Cobb probably could have been, you know, the, my favorite for this one. But I think he was still kind of acting like the annoying teenager. But the two of yeah, them, they yeah. were they were my least favorite pair. Um, and I I would have wrote them out like a so fucking far yeah. back yeah. in the first episode. <laughs> so <laughs> not the first. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um I have to agree. I didn't add Nikki, because, um, you know, jumping ahead she'll probably be my least favorite of next episode. But Danny, I did have Danny just cause Oh uh, God, I d again I I know with siblings it's hard. But god damn, like your brother has been gone for three years. Y'all are now the same age. And you still have this little brother complex or you're so insecure that like uh, deal with your girlfriend. Like I, I just Danny's is a dick. Like you're not supportive at all. I don't like Danny. He even more than Tom. I I don't like Danny. Fuck him. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just not a fan. Um yeah, so uh, what about a scene, favorite scene or moment of this episode? Uh, it's, um, was that this episode? No, that was in the next episode. Um, the the fight scene, the first fight scene with um, Carl and um, the, I think. Um, the Muggers. Yeah, the muggers. Yeah, that that was a good one. And the only the other one, I actually I like the conversations between him and his wife. Okay, Carl. Um, yeah, between between Carl and Grace, because I, you know, I just I thought she was speaking common sense, and yeah. it wasn't like so. It just seemed natural. Okay. You know, it didn't okay. force, but um, yeah, those would probably be the two. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, for me, I'm not sh which. Oh, I'll tell you, and this is so odd because it has nothing to do well. Carl and his boss. That boss was so extra. Yeah. That, and I, I, I get it. You want to get the point across like quickly, but he was just mean for no reason. Like, yep. you don't have to talk to her. So-and-so could talk to her. I was like, but I work at a store. This is inherently customer service. Even the janitor <laughs> would, would speak to a customer because it's, he works in the store. It's just like, so when he yep. gets the revenge on the uh, on his boss, I just those, that collection of scenes between Carl and his manager was very satisfying as well. Like, 
<laughs> Kyle versus yeah. his boss, yeah. Yeah, like he um <clears throat> he took that guy down to the knees, but with that hand um Yeah. <laughs> with that hand twist or the wrist twist. Um but yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And it just adds to like you know, and I and I could see it happening, like why would you act like an asshole to a person that you know is came back in a ball of light? Like I'm not I'm not messing with them. Yeah. You know, that's like <laughs> them, but because it's you know, I could but I could see common sense not pre prevailing if that happened in real life because people just want to act like a a holes. You just got a death wish because yeah. that's fucking ridiculous. Um Yeah, I I, I I did. I liked this episode. And this is I'm learning more and more that I am falling for this show. This is something that I uh did not know I needed, but I did. Um yeah, yeah so I guess this is um, episode three. Uh, uh, so you go ahead and let the folks know where they can kind of reach out to you, uh, social medias and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, once The one-stop shop will always be Robert K. Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y.com. Uh, and that website will get you connected with me through uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, but, yeah, just Robert K. Uh, Jeffrey, uh jeffrey.com and you can also buy some books because <laughs> oh, I got right. them right yeah. right right <laughs> tip tip your podcast and buy some books <laughs> yeah okay. oh, yeah yeah but that's that'll connect you to everything that I do and um and also I always plug the 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 new Wakanda podcast that okay. we that I do yeah do it um, do it yeah with Dedrin Dedrin Sneed and Telen Kel uh, basically, just talking about the uh, the black creative experience, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, just that that's and we will we use that as an umbrella to talk about like a variety of different things. So, where that's definitely worth checking out. It's uh, I have fun doing that one too. Okay, okay, that's what's up. And listeners, the links will be in the show notes. So uh, when you're listening to this episode of A Light in the Sky, make sure to click on the links, uh, the show notes, and you'll see the list of the <laughs> the go-to links for um, everything discussed on this episode. Uh, with that being said, this has been episode three of A Light in the Sky, a 4400 recap show. And um, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. Stay out of the lake. Uh, stay out of Kyle's. I don't know. Stay out the park. God damn it. Yeah, stay out the park. That, that creepy ass park. Right. Oh shit.